This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The biggest battle we will ever have to face is the battle between you and you. It's the battle of taking your mind to that limit and then breaking through. On the Mindful Experiment podcast, we will share concepts, universal laws, and interviewing individuals who have done just that, who have gone through the dark times and through those moments allowed their light to shine bright. I'm your host, Dr. Vic Manzo, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast and taking this journey with me as we discover different avenues to break through those limits, expand your reality, and evolve into the person you desire to be. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. What up, guys? Dr. Vic here. And as always, this is our podcast episode where we interview someone to share about something related to the mindful experiment of life. And this week, I am so excited. This guy is a rock star. His energy is so high. He's definitely passionate and purposeful on what he does. He has a clear vision of what it is. And Tommy Baker is that guy. Tommy, he helps dreamers and visionaries and entrepreneurs bring those dreams to life and create a life they can't wait to wake up for. As an author of Unresolution, The 1% Rule, and The Leap of Your Life, Tommy believes living up to your potential is what we're here for. Through his writing, coaching, and podcasts, he's helped thousands of people take their next bold step and never look back. He's been featured in Entrepreneur, Influence, Thought Catalog, and more. Tommy is just that guy. When you get out, when you hear him on this interview, he is just passionate. He is straightforward. He really has a zest for life, and I love what he's about and what he's doing. 
He really is a blessing to the world. Um, he's really inspiring people from the root up and really coming from within to help them experience more without. And without, I mean outside of them. So with no further ado, I don't want to steal this guy's thunder. You can hear it all when he gets rocking in this episode. Let's get into this interview with Tommy Baker. So Tommy, welcome to the show. Vic, thank you so much for having me. You're doing amazing work, and uh, I'm always humbled and honored uh, to co-create and, and be on the show. Now I'm glad to have you. You're doing a lot of great stuff too, brother. I've been uh, uh, checking out your stuff, and it's uh, you're really rocking and on fire and living your passion. And I, I appreciate people that do that. So kudos to you, also. That means the world, man. And the amazing thing is, is when you have contrast and you haven't. There's a lot of years where that wasn't the case. Um, it makes it that much sweeter when you get into a place where you are doing that. And uh, I know part of what you do, part of what I do is to help create the perspective, to create the container, to create the possibility for somebody else to do the same. Amen, brother. Yeah. See, we're already, I already knew it would be gelling already. So this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, one of the things that I, I see a lot and, uh, you know, being a, I'm a chiropractor and whatnot. And, uh, when it comes to people's health and, and having that, uh, they have uncertainty of, well, can my body really heal? Can it really, or do I need other things? Cause in the medical world, they've done a great job of teaching us that we, we were broken in some shape or form, maybe genetics, maybe whatever, whatever it may be. And we need a chemical fix. But I've also seen this in the mindset world where, uh, people, Fear the uncertainty. Um, when it when it comes to that, what what is what is your your opinion the, on on uncertainty and why do people fear it so much? Yeah, and it's it's such a great question. I did a post about this the other day, and a lot of people will enter some of these practices. I'm sure a lot of people go into your amazing work as a as a chiro and, and the stuff that you do. Uh, people will come to me. People will go out into the world and look at practices and it could be as simple as a vision board or setting an intention or meditation or defining a life purpose. And they do it conditionally. And when I say that it, it's, it's the mindset of I'll believe a hundred percent if it works. And the problem with that is that we're out of alignment and we're not giving our full intention and our full attention and our full energy into it. And because we don't fully believe then often we miss out on the potential of transformation on the other side. And so really what I teach people to do is that we have to flip that script, that you have to start with a 100% belief and step into it and watch as your uncertainty turns into something that you can't currently imagine. And I know it's like a, it's a mind play right there, but that's a massive difference. And too often people do things halfway. I got one foot in, I got one foot out. I'm going to believe until, but, but only when it's convenient. And I'm going to believe only when I have proof. And when we operate that way, we miss out on you know some of the the greatest experiences and the greatest changes uh, of our lives. Frankly, so you're saying believing is seeing rather than seeing is believing. <laughs> yes, it's the old quote uh, for those who be- uh, for those who don't believe, no proof is enough, and for those uh, and for those wait for those who don't believe, no proof is enough, and for those who believe, no proof is necessary. I love it. Yeah, it's so true. And and there's what do you you know? Do you think that when people make decisions to go into the unknown, do you, is there like is it what they desire in the uncertainty and the unknown? Um, uh, or what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean the unknown typically. You know, especially when we're leaving. You know, when we go from the known to the unknown, we're naturally leaving 
the safe harbors, the safe havens of our comfort zone and our identity or in our ego and who we believe ourselves to be at that moment. So when we step into the unknown, there's naturally a moment of abyss. There's a moment of deep uncertainty. Um, and we all experience that. Now, the question is, what are we going to do with that uncertainty? Because too often, people will step into the uncertainty and feel it and feel uncomfortable and then run back to safe harbor. Even if safe, safe harbor is a painful place in their lives, something they know they don't want, but at least it's known and it's comfortable and there's, there's some status quo in there. Um, what I teach people to do and what I've done myself is, you know, when I feel the discomfort, I actually lean into it because I understand that I'm leaving the safe harbor behind for a reason. And there's something on the other side that I, I don't have a clear, a, a crystal clear picture of, but I can feel is in the right direction. And if I lean into that, then discomfort actually becomes something that is a feedback mechanism to let me know that a part of the old me, and I know this sounds a little intense, a part of the old me is beginning to die. And when that happens, I can step into the person that you know I really am, the person that I'm becoming, and the person, whatever my vision is. And so that's how I see uncertainty. We have to look at uncertainty as uh, an exciting place, a possibility, a curious place where amazing things can happen. But again, if we we got to have faith and we have to have trust, we have to have resilience as we uh, you know engage in this abyss and move past some of the emotions that might come with that. Um, and that takes a lot of courage massively especially in going into unknown territory and and you're definitely right though there is a dying process and i know that some some people may that that may sound intense for me i'm like no that's just what it is you know <laughs> um, well i think you know one of the things is like uh I, the image of a snake right you're just you're the snake you know sheds its skin and creates a new and it's that concept of just diving deep into it um with that, but it's funny how people, and I don't know how much you see of this, but you know, when people hit that, that terrier barrier, right? That the terror barrier where it's like, I'm starting to go away from home, Dorothy, you're not home anymore. Yes. And that whole new arena. And, uh, do you have like methods, things that you've tried in your past uh, for yourself or you work with others and share, uh, how to break through that? I, I know you mentioned the motion and I'll, I'll definitely come back and tie into that, or you can go into it if you like. Um, but how do you help people break through that, get to that, break through the terror barrier? Yeah, the, the biggest thing is having the awareness that we're having these emotions and then not letting them control us. So like it's, we have to expect that they're going to be there. So in my latest book, I talk about this duality and living in a place of duality. And when I say that is that when we start to leave the safe harbor and we go into the unknown, we're going to have passion. We're going to have enthusiasm. We're going to have this like life force within us that's going to be driving us. It's going to be very exciting and, and powerful. Um, that's one side. But at the same time, we're also going to have some fear and some uncertainty and some doubt. I'm like, ah, this, this feels, I'm kind of nauseous about this. You know, it's like, and so we have to learn to live in that place of duality. It's not that the quote unquote, and that, you know, I don't like saying this, but the quote unquote negative emotions, it's not that they're, their feedback mechanisms towards what we shouldn't do. It just means that this is part of the process. And so again, allowing ourselves to be in that space. And that's when we have toolkits of like journaling, of meditation, of mindfulness, of um, finding ways to healthy release of our emotions, maybe physical training or what you do, tension in the body, letting go of that stuff. So they don't control and they don't, they lose their, their emotional charge over us and they don't dictate our behaviors because the biggest tragedy is that we go out there, we go out to the, the unknown and we're living in this place of duality and things are starting to work. And then one day we have one of those moments where it's like, this is really hard. We start to listen to those emotions. And then the next day we just flat out give up because we say, I can't do it because I'm feeling this way. And what I teach is 
because you're feeling that way, it's because you can do it and there's a gift on the other side, but you got to persist and you got to keep going. I love it. Is there a, like a, a ritual that you practice? I know a lot of people have their own like system in place. Like I have my own system in place where when I do hit terrier barrier, I, I always tell people I still happens to me. There's no, uh, All I, of us. I, you know, and, and some people, cause you know, I don't know if you get, some people think like, Oh, this is you, you speak it so well. You're like, you, you got it down. And I'm like, yeah, I'm human. If more than anyone else, I'm just like you. Um, do you have a certain ritual that you use to help yourself get through it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, to me, one of my favorite tools, so I have two tools. One is a visualization. So I take myself five or 10 years down the line and I just put myself in that person's life and who I'm becoming in terms of someone who's already created the vision that I want. And I ask, what would they do in this exact circumstance? And so by going by future pacing into that version of myself, it makes today's emotional chaos, the, the challenges, it makes them frankly, a lot easier to digest and a lot easier to make powerful decisions from. That's number one. And then number two, on a practical manner, getting my emotions out on paper is always so therapeutic and so powerful um, because once I see them on paper, I say, oh, okay. Like I, I can objectify them. I can, re I can release like their emotional charge and say, okay, this is just me stepping into a version of myself that I haven't become yet and that's normal. But they lose their charge over me. So I love those two um, real world tactics, uh, that people can use to keep going in the midst of this. I love that. Yeah. Journaling is a, is definitely one of those powerful tools, um, that I utilize a lot in my life and it, it works wonders. Have you ever done a visualization that if I don't take this step, what, who will miss out on it? Who will? Oh, yes. Yes. So, uh, in, in my latest book, it's called the leap of your life. We have something called reverse visualization and it's exactly what you're talking about. So it starts with self and then we go on externally to other people. So, um, you know, because often making uncomfortable decisions today, you know, requires that, that short term quote unquote pain for that long term fulfillment, uh, which is a society we tend to flip around. And so what I like to teach is like, okay, so let's just say there's something in your life that, you know, needs to change. You know, there's something that you haven't done that you need to do. There's something that you want to create a desire, whatever it is, take yourself three years down the line. It hasn't happened. And this is like a deep visualization. It's not just like two minutes, you close your eyes. It's like the way I teach it is very deep. Mm -hmm. Go into that. What are your daily emotions? Wake up in the morning. What do you feel? Your, you know, your intimate relationships. What are those conversations like with this heaviness that you know that you put off something that you had to do? And what I do is like I use that future regret and I amplify it. And then I bring it down to today and I say, okay, what is the decision that's going to make sure I don't end up on that path? Now that's the self path. And then we add in the external factors, other people who, like you said, are going to miss out because early on, I think our dreams and desires, they're, they're great to be about us, but ultimately for them to endure long-term, they have to be about something bigger than us, still include us, obviously, but to be bigger than us. And so like, another practical tip is like, okay, who is missing out on by you not stepping into this? And the truth is there's, there's so many people that are missing out on, you know, often people say, Tommy, I'm not sure who's missing out. And I'm like, hold on a second. How many people did you interact with yesterday? Oh, I had conversations here, 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 here. Okay. Those are the people that are going to miss out on, but also strangers that you haven't met people that you haven't met yet. They're going to miss out on that too. So when we can combine those two, for me, that increases my urgency to do it now and to like not let fear win and make sure I'm stepping into it today. Brother, I love that. You bring up a great point too about, <clears throat> excuse me, it's all about 
uh, the impact on others, you know, and, uh, sometimes, uh, and people I work with, they, you know, they're, well, I'll talk about vision and goals and things they want to achieve in their life and all that great stuff. And what's interesting is when money comes up and money is a topic that's talked about a lot. I don't know if you have the same experience, but like how much yes. they want to make and achieve and all that. And the reason why I love this point you made is the impact on others, because I always say, forget that about the money, just focus on the impact you want to create in people's lives because the the more you create impact, uh, eventually the money will follow and it'll, and it'll come in abundance the more you create that impact. I completely agree. And, and one of the issues is I like to separate life into three phases or three general states that we can be in. One is a survival mode. So we're in survival mode. It's a, it's a lot of scarcity. We're thinking like if, you know, like we have to hold on to everything we got because um, we don't know if we're going to get the same thing tomorrow. Um, with scare, uh, with survival, you're thinking in very low time horizons, meaning like, I just got to get through the day. I got to get through the week. You're not even thinking about the future. And then we have this, this comfort place where it's, uh, you're not in survival, but you don't have this like really powerful life force. You're kind of, things are gray. They're lacking color. There's nothing on the horizon that's exciting you. And then there's this place of thriving, which is, um, all of your life is, is nourished and flourishing and there's challenges, but those are exciting. There's mountaintops and those are exciting. And there's always something that you're, kind of living into, which is really powerful. And so um, the problem with... So I love the thing about the the, the money. Early on, uh, when we're in survival, if, if you're in that state... And by the way, like I've been there. Uh, we've all been there. So it's not... you know I always remind people, your circumstances are not who you are. So let's separate your circumstances from your identity. Um, and you have the power to change them. But if you're in, in survival, thinking about impact is very, very difficult because you're trying to hold on to everything for yourself. And so early on, it's like we have to understand what part of life that we're in and then get to a place where it's like, okay, maybe your dreams and your desires are going to be for you for the next six months. And once you get in a place where you can actually breathe, now you can start focusing on the impact long term. And I know for me, the moment that I transitioned out of these phases and into a place of thriving, now impact fuels me so much more than anything for myself could. I mean, it, it doesn't, I don't have to be reminded of it. I don't have to be motivated. I don't have to listen to an amazing podcast to, to get and do it because um, it's become who I am. And so that's a, that's a great framework that I feel like um, with my clients has helped. It's like, where am I? I, I and, you know, a lot of times we're somewhere in between and, and that can happen too, but where are you spending most of your time and, and how are you going to transition? What is your game plan to transition? If you're from in survival, how are you going to be in a place of comfort? And if you're in a place of comfort, you don't want to stay there. You want to be in a place of thriving. No, totally. I, and I agree with you. I mean, even from a, a neurological brain center kind of a place, it's, it's the same thing. If you're in a, a survival mode, uh, sympathetic dominance, I teach it in my office as gas pedal mode. Um, yes, that's a protection survival. You can't be in a state of growth and you can't be. Um, it's it's going to be hard to get in, like you said, into that field of impact and how I can make an impact and so much more. Yeah, because I'm like, I'm just trying to get through today, Vic and Tommy. I'm just, I'm, I got to get through this week, right? Like, and that's where some, some in my space kind of get this wrong. You know, I, I, we have to meet people where they are. It's like, like to me, I teach a lot of begin with the end in mind. Um, you know, I take clients to the cemetery and we think of these like really big, grandiose 10 year visions. But if you're, and I'll just give it, I call this the homeless paradox. If I pull over here in Scottsdale and Phoenix and somebody's homeless on the street and I say, Hey, I'm going to give you the best wisdom that I've learned over the past 10 years of my journey. Here it is it's not going to connect and they're going to do nothing with it. Why? Because they're thinking about how they're going to make their next sandwich, how they're going to get their next meal, how they're going to get through the day. So our ability to um, 
you know, uh, our capacity in life is, is going to dictate, um, you know, our behaviors and what, what stage of life we're actually in. Because a 10 year vision for somebody who's on the street, it's, there's no connection there, right? They just need to have a vision to, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to find a way to make through the day, then the week, then the month, then I'm going to get a job, then I'm going to settle in in a place. And, and we have to meet people where they are always. Totally agree with you there massively. And uh, I like how you say you take him to the graveyard. Um, Les Brown, he, he, he says this so wonderfully about, uh, I don't know if you ever heard it before when, when you're on your deathbed. Yes. And you heard that one before. So people are sitting there and, and, and then you have the, the, your goals, your visions and your dreams just sitting with you and going to die with you. And yes. so powerful. Um, so powerful to use. It's a tool I use also that's just uh, trying to get people in that state to be like, here, this is where your, your grand vision dream, how are we going to make it happen? Yeah. And, and, you know, I was just there this week, so it's very fresh on my mind. And, you know, I, I have a personal practice where I go every two weeks. And the reason that I go is not because I'm some morose guy. It's because I, just like you said, you know, when we face up with our mortality, when we remember how little time we have left and how every moment is really a blessing. And I know that sounds like an Instagram quote and like, <laughs> But, but when we actually get to the core root of it, it's like, okay, like we are blessed to be here today. We remember what really matters. We get rid of all the noise and all the clutter and all of the stuff that all of the busyness that can consume our lives. And we get right to the point. And that's the power of it. So when I do my walks, my biweekly meditation walks at the cemetery, I enter my week and I have so much more, I'm so much more grounded in the things that truly matter. And I'm able to, um, like, you know, tell someone how I feel that moment because I don't know, I don't know what we're going to have that back, um, to put myself out there courageously because who cares if I even fail because I might never have this chance again. And I think so often our illusion that we're going to be here for a really long time, you know, I was at the graveyard the other day and I saw, we saw a seven year old, uh, and then a 13 year old and, you know, for, for both of them, they didn't think that their time was going to come at that moment at all. And so for us, we never know that. And so how can we increase the urgency in a very healthy way? I'm not talking about like frantically being all <laughs> scattered, but like how can we healthy have a healthy dose of urgency and have filters around our decisions that for me take us to when our moment does come, we can have that moment. We can say, you know what? We, we put ourselves out there. We did the things that we wanted to do. We said the things that had to be said, Hey, my life is complete in this moment. It's so true. One of the things I've done, I was when I was in chiropractic school, we had an opportunity to work with, uh, we were connected to a hospital and, um, or we can go there if we want and spend time. And one of our teachers was like, very like, make sure you go. He's like, volunteer and go. These people don't really have family. No one really visits them and they're not going to be around for a long time. And uh, one time I went and it was the most pivotal, one of the most pivotal moments of my life where I'm getting the first of all, getting to know someone's story and understanding who they are, what they went through. And then also knowing that this is it, like they, this is the end of the road for them. And I was just like, definitely don't want that to happen to me. I need to make you know changes. I need to do this. I don't know when that day comes. And it was just a big shift. Sometimes I'll suggest that to people. Uh, it sounds, yeah, it, it sounds like, like a wake up call. And I believe and. I believe in life, we can either manufacture wake-up calls by seeking the challenge today, doing something uncomfortable today, visiting the cemetery today, doing the things that are going to wake us up and, and remember what matters. 
or we can kind of drift aimlessly and just go by life and have things happen to us. And then one day we're going to get a wake up call. That's really not of our choosing. It's going to be something that's, uh, can be tragic, can be a loss of someone, can be a health scare. And that's when we finally wake up. But like, we don't have to wait till crisis to change. Yes. Crisis is a great place to change from because it's a great focuser and motivator. But going back to survival, let's not wait to get there. We can manufacture these in our lives. Um, and there's a lot of practices and tools that we can, you know, like things that we're talking about to make sure that happens. It's like someone told me you, you, when I was young, learn from the mistakes of others as much as you can so you don't have to make them yourself. Absolutely. And, you know, I've had so many experiences in my life where, you know, people in their 50s, 60s, 70s and beyond gave me some of the most transformative wisdom that at the time I didn't really encapsulate fully, but I could feel the energy and the conviction that they were telling me with. And I was like, okay, I'm going to keep that. And I'm going to put that in my pocket. <laughs> and I'm going to make sure that as I go through life, because I'm much younger than you, but as I go through that, I remember this because it's a gift. So true. And so then how do you, for yourself or how you teach others, how to create that ur- that urgency? Oh, there we go. That urgency, be- urgency behind, uh, besides manufacturing things like that and whatnot to do it every single day. Yeah. Well, actually you just hit the nail on the head. So, so often in in some of the conversations and spaces that uh, you and I are in, you know, people will, you know, maybe create a vision or get clear about what they want or spend two to three days in reflection or maybe listen to this podcast and do some journaling after, but they'll do that once a year, once every six months, or when they feel motivated to do it. Um, This type of stuff you have to do every single day. And I always say, if you have time to check Instagram every day, you have time to do some of these practices. And one of these practices is simple. It's like reaffirming our vision every single day. And, you know, our vision is an evolution, right? It's going to change. It's malleable, but we have to have what I call a North Star, just a guiding compass. And I'm not saying you need to know every step of the way. You have to have a general direction on where you're going. So this is a practical tool. Like five to 10 minutes a day, you reaffirm the vision on where you're going. And what does that do? You start your day with an awareness and a compass that's set on where you want to go, not where everyone else is going to take you if you don't. Because what happens then? We're going to be in reactive states. We're going to say yes to things that we should say no to. We're going to say no no to things that we should say yes to. So that's a really simple one to increase the urgency to make better decisions. And I was just doing a Facebook Live about this. You know, There's two ways to make decisions. We can make decisions based on who we've been that's going to reaffirm a predictable past, or we can make decisions based on the vision that we've set. And so in this simple exercise, um, if you reaffirm your vision and you go about your day and you have a decision and it's like a, one of those hard decisions and you're like, I don't know what to do here. I kind of want to do this thing, but kind of scared about it. Well, you ask yourself a simple question. What would the person who's already living the vision and the life that you want, and you have to have some clarity around that, what would they choose? And when we do that, the decisions become really easy. And in my life, I've taken what seemed at the time like, for my current self, like monumental life changing, like, I don't know how I'm going to do this decisions. I've really like stepped into them with a lot of grace using this tactic of like, okay, so like the Tommy five, 10 years on the line, what would he do in this, in this case? And so often it's like a no brainer to that person. But today it's like, I'm debilitated about it. But the more that we can step into it to me, we actually collapse the time between where we are today and where we ultimately want to be. I love that. And I love the, the, the consistency factor. I, uh, um, I preached this not only in, uh, my own chiropractic office, but even on the mindset side, because it's really, um, how important, like the creating that consistency creates the momentum. Yes. Right. 
And then from there, you just continue to do, 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 do. And eventually you add up enough sweat equity or energy or whatever it may be, alignment manifestation to create and attract that vision that you're trying to create. Absolutely. And I love that you said, you know, the word alignment, which is one that I use all the time. And when we're in alignment, um, and I like to use the metaphor of like alignment is like, uh, and I have a little picture of this in my new book, but it's like, um, it's a key. There's a key. And uh, so the door is like the places that we want to go, the things we want to manifest, the life we want to create. And the ridges on the key represent the different parts of what creates alignment, which is our thoughts, our behaviors, our attitude, the people, the places, the environments, the practices, all of the stuff. And when you put that key in and a couple of ridges are off, the key might still go in. Sometimes the key is never going to go in. So you know you're definitely out of alignment. But if the key goes in and a couple of ridges are just slightly off, well, you, you, can, you can scream, you can yell, you can push, you can struggle, you can hustle, you can friction your way in. That door is not going to open. When you're in alignment, when things are moving in the right direction and 100%, you put the key in and guess what? You just flick the wrist and the door opens. And that's just a metaphor for it's not as hard as we believe it to be. It's often there's some missing links. So you could be one link off alignment and that could be the missing link that you need to make sure that you're, that you, that you cover. So when you open the door, it's like, Oh, this is, this is easy. And that's where momentum comes in. That's where flow states comes in. That's where the collapsing of time, you know, like, why does it, why does one of our goals have to take a year? Like if we're in, 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 in committed alignment, if we're in flow, can't that take three weeks? And my belief is yes, but it all is about um, our level of alignment and then our level of consistency of creating that alignment. Because being in alignment doesn't just mean that you're just like, you wake up and it's done. We have to consistently create that state time and time again. It's so true. I love, I love the, the, the key aspect because it is, you know, there's a lot of metaphoric things I can go off on that. But one of the ones that was just shooting out at me was just the whole, how effortless it is when everything is in alignment to turn and unlock the door to get in. Yeah. And it's like, it, we, we, we navigate even the challenges with a lot of grace and a lot of groundedness. And I know to me, when I was out of alignment, and even though I was pursuing things that I wanted, and I was like, I was getting some results, but Vic, and I know you've been there, like the amount of energy and bandwidth it took for me, it was exhausting and it wasn't sustainable. So I think it's like we have to shift this model, right? I think this is where a lot of the, the entrepreneurship, like nose to the grindstone, people get it wrong. Um, mm-hmm. Because you're, you know, I always say big dreams require big energy. You're not going to last if you're out of alignment and you're using so much force to get things done. You got to come from a place of power. You got to come from a place from alignment. You got to come from a place of like being grounded because that's the stuff that's going to endure. No, it's so true. And and, and even with, I, I mean, I've been there, you know, the grind, the hustle, you know, I've listened to all the gurus and, and follow <laughs> what they said. And, and, you know, one, two, three years down the road, I'm burnt out, overwhelmed, exhausted. And I'm like, hold up, but I'm doing everything they're telling me to do and more. Yeah. And, and then you get to that point where it was just like, I'm like, F this, I'm not doing this anymore. Uh, there's got to be something else, something more simplistic and uh, started going a different route and it's, and just getting into flow and just focusing on that aspect. And it's like, now I'm still doing what I'm doing, but 10, no, I wouldn't say 10 times, um, but like 70% less stress, less worry, just like more of accepting and saying, this is all going to work out the way it's supposed to. I know this. I know it within. I just have to focus on me. Yeah. And that, that accepting is like a beautiful moment of what I just call this inner knowing that 
you're, 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 you're planting the seeds every day. You're nourishing the conditions. The seeds are getting sun. They're getting water. They're getting all of the stuff that they need to thrive. Um, we can't control every step of the path and we certainly can't control the day that that seed turns into a beautiful flower or fruit or, or whatever it is. Um, but we, we, there's an inner knowing the, the person who's planting the seeds and all that stuff. You just know it's a matter of time. And I, I think that energy is really, really powerful because it releases a lot of the stress that we so often walk around with. And I'm dude, I was the king of hustle for a very long time. And you know, I still, I mean, I'll wake up at four 30 in the morning, but I don't consider myself hustling. I consider myself in a place of alignment um, and making sure that I'm taking conscious breaks throughout the day to refuel myself to get to, to make sure I last because the truth is creating transformation and change in our lives for the next three weeks is quite easy, but can we do it for the next three decades? And that's what I'm really interested in. I love it. And uh, do you notice for yourself though, like when you get up now, you're not kind of forcing yourself. It's more of like, I'm getting up. This is what I want to do. And I'm just going to do what I want to do rather than this is what I'm supposed to do or have to do. Exactly. Have to do's will never last. Like they won't last. There's a shelf life because one day you're going to get up and you're not going to want to do it. And the friction of all of those days that you didn't want to do it is going to culminate in you giving up. And that's where I like the, the concept of like knowing to doing to being. So these principles that we talk about and the stuff that you share in your book and your courses and, and your practice and the podcast, it's like, we're living in the knowing space. So that's like the first evolution. So that's great, but that's only step one. Knowing isn't enough. We got to go out there into our external reality and do some doing, like bring those practices to life, like actually honor them enough to bring them to life. And then there's just beautiful moments when we do enough of those and they become being, they become an embodiment. We become an embodiment of them. So you're absolutely right. You know, six years ago, my, you know, my big morning routine ritual, like that was a lot that required a lot of willpower that required a lot of like, I don't want to be doing this right now, but I'm going to do it. Now it's just, I don't really, because it's become who I am. Like there's no, I just get up and do it. I just get up and, you know, create content. I just, I I write effortlessly um, because it's, it's become who I am. And so for somebody listening, like just make sure like you give yourself enough patience and grace through the process um, to go from doing and then to a place of being. And then that's when the results really start to come through because that's, that's what we want. We want to experience, we want to create all of these things in our lives, but also have peace and joy and fulfillment along the way. If we're just looking to achieve at the expense of how we feel, that to me is a broken, a broken model of success and a really outdated model, which is great that podcasts like this are, are, you know, disproving and, uh, you know, giving people a new way of doing things. No, totally. And it, it is one of those things that um, just breaking the mold and breaking the, you know, and, and, and I always tell people too, it's like, you, you know, just because you're starting something new, nobody ever started something once and was phenomenal at it. And, and, if, the, and if there is someone who is, I am calling out all listeners right now. I'd love <laughs> to meet the person. I would love to. Have them on the show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll interview them immediately. Uh, but it's one of those things where, you know, it's going to take that time, that repetition, as you talk about the consistency. One of the things you, you said that I want to just tap in and pick your brain a little bit more on is when it, when, you know, you talk about long-term transformation and you said now three, you know, three weeks is easy, but it's all about the three decades, the 30 years. Um, besides consistency and all that, if you can sum it up, I know this is going to be a little bit of a loaded question. How can, (laughs) how do you help individuals be able to hold, create transformation for 30 years? Yeah. Well, when you're talking in those bigger timeframes, um, we touched on a little bit earlier, but it has to be so much 
there has to be a necessary reason for you to do it that goes so much beyond yourself. And I think that's, that's really the missing link to like enduring transformation and enduring consistency where you feel a sense of ethical responsibility to keep going on the path that you're in. So I'll just give you a super simple example because I know that can sound kind of like esoteric and stuff. <laughs> um, you know, for me and much like you, like I create content like this all the time. Um, and through, you know, my programs and all of that stuff. And so, you know, when there's moments of me not necessarily wanting to do it, because even if we're in alignment, like there, we might be in a situation where it's like we're experiencing some type of stress or something's going on in life. And it's like, we don't want to do it that day. Um, I close my eyes and, and we kind of alluded to this earlier, but I think of the person who needs to hear this message on this day. And it allows me to work through my own little insecurities and issues that I'm having and really focus on them. And when we're in a place of giving, um, we put ourselves out there in a much more powerful way. So that enduring transformation is like, okay, for the next, you know, again, early on, if you want to ch- change for the next six months of the year, yeah, make it about you, 100% about you. But if you want to make it endure for a decade, you're going to have to have something much bigger and bolder that you're going after. And that is rooted in impact. That is rooted in service. That is uh, rooted in what Robbins calls like a magnificent obsession, something that you're just being pulled to, magnetically pulled to, that you can't not do. Because if you don't do it, if you don't move into it, not only will people miss out, you feel much worse. Like you, you don't feel your, you don't fill your couple fulfillment. Um, and I believe that's how we consistently step into it day in and day out, year in and year out, um, for transformation that truly lasts. I love it. I know you answered that question. You answered the question earlier. I just wanted to bring it back up in a way uh, for the listeners to hear it. Um, no, it's really, great, man. I really emphasize again on that impact of doing something greater than yourself. Yes. And, and that really, and I couldn't agree with you more. My, all my mentors said the exact same thing when I first started out is focus on some, a vision or something that is going to be greater uh, impact. that will be greater than you. Yes. So, I love it. Um, shifting gears a little bit, same stuff, just that, shifting a little bit of some gears. I know you're big about um, living to your potential, living boldly and things like that, right? Your new book, Leap of Faith, talk about how to live boldly and all that. Yes. Yes, yes. right? Just making sure I'm on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. So, uh, Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. What were you, you going to ask? No, I was just, I was just asking, you know, how, you know, how, do, how does an individual you know, take a leap, you know, when they make their leap of faith, how do they, how do you reach or achieve your potential per se? And I know, well, I'm gonna leave it to you. Yeah. So, so, you know, I, I believe that we, we're not lacking clarity and we're not lacking breakthrough and we're not lacking knowing what to do. Um, it's just that we have a lot of noise and I always say you won't find clarity in the chaos and you're not going to find clarity in the noise. So, you know, people will come to me like, Tommy, I don't know what to do next. I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what my bigger calling is. And I'll say, uh, you do. It's just drowned out in all of the other stuff that's clogging the signal. Um, so part of this book was helping people unclog that signal and get to a place of undeniable clarity around what their next step is. And again, I say bold decision. Again, it's really based on capacity for somebody who's you know, just getting through the survival stage, you know, their bold decision to me, to us might be something like inconsequential, but it matters to them and it's leaving their comfort zone. And just like somebody that's, you know, 10 years of, uh, you know, in the game that I'm playing, you know, their bold decision might be something that I'm like, I can't even imagine today. So it's all relative to where we are in our life. Um, 
But it's about getting clear about that. And then also, how are we going to navigate that? Because so often we have a breakthrough, we have clarity. And then um, in that moment, so in that exact precise moment that we have the clarity, maybe it's in you know, those early mornings before the day gets started. Maybe it's in those late evenings. Maybe you're on a plane and you have a little bit of perspective. You're looking out the window and you're like, okay, my life is not going down the path that I want. In that specific moment, we have 100% certainty around that, that message. Um, and the problem is every second after that, that we don't actually do something about it, we lose a fraction of our belief. We lose our, our fl- a fraction of the clarity and the certainty. And then fear starts to take over. And fear is going to say, okay, you need more analysis. You need more research. You need another degree. You need to wait uh, until you finish this. You need to wait until you make more money. And, and the, the laundry list will go all the way. And then it'll start to convince us. So the book was designed to like, okay, let's, let's identify what that bold decision is. And let's make sure that we honor it by stepping forward into it. And then it's not like we make the decision and everything's perfect. It's like, no, we make a decision. Um, and then we have to navigate some things and some stuff that you and I spoke up earlier in the podcast, but ultimately it's like this almost hero's journey of, of our life, which to me is like something that we're repeating all the time. when we go into the known, you know, the, the ordinary world that we've known into this other world, which is, uh, the, the dreams that we've had, uh, harbored inside for so long. Um, and so that's what the book is about, you know, allowing people to give themselves permission to not only dream big, because we do have a lot of dreamers, a lot of ambition, but to actually step into it with courage and understanding what that really looks like, what it feels like and how to maximize that journey for your success. I love that. And it, and it is a lot, you know, life is a lot about the clarity and I know vision plays a role as we talked about earlier about, you know, if you're in a survival state versus comfort or in the thriving, um, you know, the, you have to, you have to, because I would say that, you know, vision in the state of survival, uh, muddies your, your, your clarity or muddies your, your eyes to see what it is you want to attract and create. Yeah. To me, I always teach like if you are in survival and again, nothing wrong with you. If you're there, we've all been there. If you are in survival, make your vision that like, keep it very close to you. Like, like, like don't, don't put it too far out and then just like do anything you can to move towards that at least one, like one action step every single day. Right. And so in transformation, just in general, no matter what stage you're in, just want to make sure that we get this. Um, consistency matters much more than intensity. So consider like we're, we're taught like intensity, I'm going to go all in. And part of the book, part of the leap is about going all in, but then we have to stay consistent after for the long term, right? And so what you're talking about vision, yeah, if you're in survival, make the vision very close, make it something that's going to stretch you, but is also not going to overwhelm you, right? And then comfort is really, you know, the crazy thing is like getting out of survival is so much easier than getting out of comfort. You know? <laughs> and it sounds kind of crazy because comfort you know when you're in survival there's like red flags there's alarms all the time i mean there's urgency there's fires that you're putting out when you're in comfort you don't really have those and like things are like quote unquote good things are fine things are okay this is some of the language that people in comfort use but uh, then you ask them like are things really that good tell me more about that and usually what starts to uncover based on my experience is that things aren't so good that they're not that fine like yes they have some of the comforts um, the, of that stage, but something else is missing. And, uh, and this is actually the hardest stage to get out from because not only are you missing that charge, you have something to lose now. Mm. You actually have some stuff to lose now. And so it's easy to make a bold decision where you have nothing to lose. It's a little bit harder <laughs> when you have something, when you've created something, even if that something is not something that's firing you up. So 
in the comfort stage though, that's when the vision becomes crucial. Because to get to thriving, you have to have that vision. There's no way you can get from comfort to thriving. And I'm talking about like holistic life thriving. I'm not just talking about making money. Mm-hmm. You, you, you can't get there without that, that deep and powerful vision. So if you find yourself there, which is where most people are on the journey, honestly, um, because comfort is like where like 80% of, of people can find themselves. Um, that's when you have to spend time in your vision. And again, intention matters with this. So it's not just about doing it once. It's about really committed to it and asking yourself the question, like, what do I really want? What do you really want? And how committed are you to bringing that to life? And so once we have clarity around that, then we can start moving forward with that. I think it's so true because you get out of survival and I've been there, massive survival state, get into the comfort where you're like, okay, my needs are met. I can do certain things. I can challenge here and there. Uh, and then it's, but then you get, you get in that state. And you're like, no, 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 this is not, but it's not fun. Life lacks a little bit of color in that state, in my opinion, at least. And then it's like, how can I make life more fulfilling and thrill and have a thrill with life and thrive? And that's that thriving state. Would you say that with, um, and I'm losing my train of thought, Mike, if anything, I'll come back to the question later. It'll come back to me, but comfort, thriving, um, 80% living there, loops. I'm trying to think of where I was going to go. <laughs> Anyhow, I thought okay. it was in my head and I was like, ah, now it's going away. Um, but it's one of those things where, you know, a lot of people do live in comfort, how, you know, and, um, Oh, that's what I want to ask. When it comes to getting into state of thriving, how important is it to have that one thing that moving the needle, the big win every day and being consistent with it? Is that something that you always would recommend for people to do to shift to get out of comfortable and do something that's going to get them a little closer to that thriving state every day? Absolutely. Well, the, the biggest catalyst from, from comfort to thriving is momentum. And the problem with... Um, being in comfort is that we lack momentum and momentum comes from a lot of places and also comes from a healthy dose of challenge. And when I say challenge, it's just doing things that are outside of our comfort zone, things that are, have meaningful purpose. And in challenge, we're really lacking that. Um, so part of that is, is to do one thing every single day, just like you said, and really celebrate it. And so because we're so focused on the things that we don't have, what's not working, how we're stuck, maybe we're, we've been in comfort for so long, it's easy to discount you know, some of the things that we have created or some of the things that we're continuing to create on a daily basis. So if you're in that state, one of the ways to create momentum is one, um, find something meaningful and challenging that you can do every single day. And again, this is not something crazy. It's something that you can literally do every single day. It should be so simple that you can do it, but it's going to give you that sense of like, okay, today I created momentum. And going back to consistency, when you create momentum long enough, it starts to take over. There's this exponential curve where it's like, okay, it's like it's like a little bit of a lake. There's a little ripple. You're putting in the work, you're putting in the work, you're putting in the work. One day, that thing's going to become a massive tsunami. But it takes consistency. And if you're re- willing to ride out that wave, you can create that. Tra- that's when you create the transition from comfort to thriving because thriving is continuously being on that wave. And thriving, the work doesn't end when you get to thriving. You, you just become an embodiment of it and you still have to create it every day, but it requires, again, so much less friction, so much less willpower, so much less quote unquote work because you're already naturally in that state. So we just, you just have to get up and create it. 
I love it. You say it so wonderfully too, um, especially with the wave and the tsunami and all that. Really, really great there. <laughs> but it, it is true. I mean, it's it's and consistency is is the key. It builds that energy and momentum to keep you moving forward. But you, like you said earlier in the podcast, it's also that you all of a sudden just become embodied into it. You just it's just part of you. It's it's not like something I'm trying to do. It's a being. It's the essence. It's a lifestyle. It's however you want to term it. Uh, put the label on it. And you said the key word is trying. So I'm like a be- very big stickler and student of challenge. And so when we say, when people say things like trying, like figure it out, trying to figure it out, like that immediately tells me the chances of that coming true are minimal because the trying in itself is a, is, is proof that they don't believe that it's happening or that they don't have that yet. So we have to shift our language to make sure that we're working from a place of empowerment. It's funny because like in my programs, we have these, these rules around language. There's no trying. There's no maybe. There's no guessing on all guess, stuff like that. There's, you can't say good either. You can say what, what you're really feeling or you can say great, uh, you know, like something much more powerful. Um, but but th- I'm also part of that. So if I, <laughs> if I say any of that language, like don't call me out, which is great because again, our language is a mirror for our deeply held beliefs. And so if like if we're in a consistent state of trying, it means that we're not there yet. Like we're creating time and space horizons between where we are today and where we're going. So let's just cut the trying out, right? If you're trying to be committed, why not just say, I am committed. If you're, you're trying to be healthy, oh, I'm trying to get in weight. No, 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 I am healthy. And I know it sounds super simple and rudimentary, but we're cutting out the middleman. We're actually stepping into that today. And when we do an I am statement, that becomes our identity. That becomes who we are. That's why somebody who goes to the gym and says, I am an athlete, I am a healthy person, they just show up to the gym because that's their identity. But if somebody's trying, that requires a lot of friction, and their identity is not, I am healthy, their identity is not, I'm an athlete, their identity is, I'm trying to be this, and that's where we miss out. I couldn't agree, I, I couldn't agree with you more. You're speaking my love language when it comes to love. <laughs> uh, so I'm totally with you on that all the way. Um, even in my, my book, Chapter 3, I talk about how words are the fabric to your reality. So I'm, I'm really into words. Uh, I actually study. I got into studying them about a year ago. Like, what's the root word? What's the the whole aspect of it? Understanding the truth of it. And I'm like, okay, this is not a word I want to use now because it's not truly empowering. I like um, that, man. I've done, I've done some of the same. I think it's really powerful to look into that. Yeah. And it's even like, well, you know, cause sometimes I like to try to break down barriers for people. So like I always tell people, you know, one person, they saw me like, Oh, you're Mr. Positive. You always, you're like, you only see the, you, you're only a, a positive person. You don't like to talk about negative. And I'm like, no, I love negatives. Fine. I go, I don't want to reject it because then it's going to come more towards me because what yes. you resist persists. So I was like, what I do is I find the wins in all things. Cause I believe winning is everything in life. There is no such thing as a loss. And some people like to argue with me on that, but I'll go, just go back to the word of what win means. And the real word of win means to gain. And so matter if you win or if you end up losing, if you lose, you still gain lessons and experiences and gaps and things that you have to get better at in order to achieve and accomplish what you want. So I'm like, it's always a win regardless. Just learned something new, man. Thank you. <laughs> well, I'm glad. Um, so one question I love to ask when people write books, and I know you got three books out there. Um, and I, I want to ask one more. I want to ask one quick question about your second book. But for the leap of faith, who did you felt like, you know, who did you write the book for? And yeah. I don't mean, and I don't mean that in a way of like, cause I was asked this a while back and I was like, Oh, you know, for the social zone, he's like, no, no, no. When you were about to write that book, who was it really the, the person, the, the person or the thing that you really wanted to write the book for? Absolutely, man. By the way, I see you working on your next one. So congrats on that. So, Thank you. um, 
Yeah, the, the, the book is, um, it's really defined actually who it's for. It's, it's for somebody who knows that they're meant to play a bigger game. It's for somebody who knows that they've been on a track that's not 100% theirs. Maybe they got on the track because of convenience, of safety, of security, uh, maybe because it sounded nice at the time, whatever it may be. But now they're starting to realize that. And somebody who knows that they have some, some dreams and desires inside of them, um, but they're getting a little tired of them just staying inside. And that as time passes, the enthusiasm starts to wane. And, um, you know, this person knows deep within, like I got them in a really honest conversation that right now they're just, they're, they're playing a small version of themselves and they're ready for something more. And this is like totally energetically, like they can feel this, they know this in their heart of hearts when they have that alone time with themselves. It's not about self-judgment or inner criticism. It's like a truth inside of them and that they're ready for something more. And what's in the way is, is making that leap, having that bold decision, having the courage, stepping into something that they haven't done, something that they've talked about for so long. You know, I quote somebody in the book who, you know, it's, it's, it's a post about regret and, you know, they had these dreams and they kept them inside, 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 inside until one day the fire was gone. And uh, it's never too late to get the fire back, but in life, we have windows of opportunity, moments to step into that lead to radically different lives. And to me, the great tragedy is not stepping into those when the time, when the conditions are right. So that's who the book is for. Um, somebody who wants more, somebody who knows that they're meant and capable for something more. They've just been stuck in the paralysis analysis and the fear taking over in the time between breakthrough and decision. And once they do, that's when the magic happens. This book's going to change a lot of lives. It's a lot of people who are in that state. Thanks uh, brother. I know. And it sounds, it can sound somewhat general, but it's like, I have been exactly in that place. And I, I've been saying like, this is, this is the resource I wish I would have had back then because um, I was stuck there too. And I didn't know what to do. And I was just falling on my face and, and really time was passing me by. And I started to look five years down the line. If we go back to that reverse visualization, I was like, I don't, I don't like what I'm seeing here. I need to do something now. Otherwise that's going to become my life. Exactly. And kudos to you, man, because there's not many people that take that jump, that leap of uh, uh, leap of faith uh, or yeah, leap of faith. So it's one of the, the leap of your life. Sorry, I was trying to tie it to the book. <laughs> but it's a, it's, a, it's a leap of faith, leap of your life. It's 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 a bold leap. Uh, you know, it's that's that's what we're here for. And the whole faith thing, going back to the words on that, it's not a religious thing when I say faith. I always tell people, I'm like, it's a faith of knowing your true power within. It's knowing the power of who you really are and knowing that if you dict- you make that jump, it's like, yeah, I already know this is going to happen like intuitively. I love that. Um, very, very cool. So real quick, coming down to the end here. And as always, I always like to ask, you know, how can people get a hold of you? I know you have a couple of the books out there, Unresolutions, The 1% Rule. Um, yeah, just share away. Absolutely. So best place right now, just because it's very topical and all of the, you know, if this connected, if this resonated, uh, all of this type of material is in the latest book. It's called The Leap of Your Life. Redefine risk, quit waiting for someday and live boldly. And you can find that at leapofyourlife.com and any other major bookseller. That's the best way uh, to support the mission. And if this connects and you want to find out a little bit more, and then also Resist Average Academy is uh, a podcast platform that I have uh, similar to this where we deep dive into these type of conversations. Um, so that's a great resource too. Awesome. Well, Tommy, I appreciate you taking time to connect with me and uh, share some of your, your wisdom and nuggets and part of your life and what you're passionate about, man. I really appreciate having you on. 
That's what we're here for, man. Keep going. Great work and uh, excited for your upcoming book or your, your second book that you're working on. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, it's, it's been a lot of fun. It's a journey, but definitely. It is. <laughs> Keep well, going. Appreciate, appreciate it. Same to you, buddy. Awesome. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For past shows, please visit www.empoweryourreality.com. I hope this show inspired you and added to your life to help you on the journey to rediscover who you really are. To connect with us on Facebook, please visit www.facebook.com forward slash Dr. Vic Manzo. Check us out on Twitter. The handle is DrVic21. Follow us on Instagram, www.instagram.com forward slash DrVicManzo. If you were inspired by the podcast, Pay it forward by sharing it with someone who you know can benefit from it. Thank you again for listening to the Mindful Experiment podcast, sharing paths to help you rediscover your infinite potential. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you found this episode to be inspirational, pay it forward by sharing it with someone that you know can benefit from this. If this is your first time tuning in, please follow us, connect with us so you don't miss another amazing episode. And until next time, keep rocking and rolling.